are humans the product of aliens mating with prehistoric apes? Who would win in a fight? Mike Tyson in his prime or the Chupacabra? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hey! Welcome back to the podcast. It is Tuesday once again. You are listening to This Paranormal Life. This is the podcast where every week we dissect a different tale, case, or claim and get to the bottom of whether it is truly paranormal or not. That's right. As always, you're listening to your two favorite paranormal investigators in the whole wide world. My name's Kit Greer Mulvana. This is Rory Powers. Decorated war hero as well as... Decorated war coward. Right. Sorry, I forgot that bit, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Not a hero, a coward. I grabbed a bunch of medals on the tent on the way out. So, yes, my uniform is shinier than Rainbow Road itself, Mm -hmm. uh, but unfortunately, they were all ill-gotten. They honestly deserve that for leaving all those medals on that table. Yeah. Like, people, you know, you'd question, like, why did you bring the medals to war? Mm -hmm. Uh, This seems like something you should probably do afterwards at home. Um, and I brought that up a number of times at a meeting, and they all said, shut up, you rat coward. Uh, but stealing all those medals actually made you pretty popular with the kind of, like, peacenik hippies back home. Yeah, yeah, they, they thought it was, like, this political statement. Right. They were like, but oh, won't... you've stolen the one thing that mattered to, to these people. Yeah, you know, to really a stick badge. it to them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> anyway, you want to buy it? <laughs> Purple heart, 50 bucks. <laughs> That's right, but we're not here today to talk about um, being war heroes or war cowards at right. that rate. We're here to talk about the paranormal. And as always, we're just going to dive right in. And this week's story actually comes as a suggestion from a listener, believe it or not. They oh. emailed into this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com with the suggestion. So thank you so much, Abby and Tyler. Today, we are journeying to the USA. That's right, the United States. But somewhere. I'm not sure we've been before as a podcast. We're heading down to Nolens, aka the Big Easy, aka the birthplace of jazz, aka the city that care forgot, aka that's a, that's a lot of Crescent City, aka Nola. I think we've got the AKA point. AKA Northern Caribbean. That's enough. AKA Southern Paris. You must stop. AKA New Orleans. Southern Paris. Who made that one? Rory, have you been to Nolens before? I've never been to Nolens before. Um, I've always wanted to go, though. It's on my list. Yeah, it's it's considered, like, one of the most unique places in the United States. Yeah, and jazz is the, is the paranormal genre of the music <laughs> world. Because there's nothing spookier than music that's just structureless. It's improvisation. It's, it's musicians going mad and just letting loose on these on these instruments it's the musical equivalent of floating through a solid wall i mean if you were to somehow put sasquatch into note form Mm. it would be smooth jazz (laughs) it would sound like dave brubeck's take five (laughs) uh smooth but deeply original which is why i'm um i'd love to go to the birthplace, a.k.a. the birthplace of jazz. Uh, I spent a little time there. Um, I spent about a week there, and it's incredible. It's a melting pot of French, European, Afro-Caribbean, and New World culture. It's the type of place you'll see an incredible jazz band on the street, and everyone's dancing, having a good time, and you're like, oh, what's going on? Is there, like, some kind of music festival? And they're like, no, actually, someone died. This is a funeral. Oh, of course. If I see one person even even giggling at my funeral <laughs> i will murder them what if the priest tells like a really funny bit then you... i w- my hand 
will rise from the grave, grab his neck, and pull really? him right down with me. Jesus. Yeah. I'll, I'll pop out with my little skeleton face and say, hey, I said no f***ing giggles, god boy, and then drag him down into the coffin with me. You live a rich and long life, and then, you know, on your deathbed, you, you pass away, and um, the lawyers are scrambling to find your will, and they find it locked in a little box, and it, it's a scroll, and they take it out. Of course. And then it just says scrawled in pencil, just no fucking giggles. <laughs> Also, I'd like to think that my whole life I was a clown. <laughs> like my podcasting career went down. I started being a children's entertainer. It's just like, uh, here lies Rory. You mostly know him as Bubbles. Uh, <laughs> he's requested that we not smile uh, during the duration of his funeral. <laughs> he wanted to show a highlight of some of his time as a clown. It's me like pies in the face, like uh uh honk my nose everyone who so much as giggles is asked to leave immediately <laughs> oh, this is f***ing serious why are you laughing at a funeral it's you getting kicked in the nuts by another clown <laughs> show some goddamn respect your, <laughs> your widow's like come on it's f***ing hilarious gotta kick me out if you're on the way out if the priest's there giving you the last rites I mean that is your last chance to get into heaven do not mess up that gig you I know? suppose so yeah you gotta be nice it's like a job interview you gotta ace it yeah, you've got to give him a firm handshake. I listen. I am truly a plus heaven material. You're not gonna find a better candidate anywhere else to hang right. out with the big guy. Can you imagine, like, getting up to heaven and the pearly gates open and God is like walking up, being like, "Welcome home, kid." He like extends his his hand, and that's one in a million handshakes that goes weird, where like your hands like get mashed in a weird way, or like your thumb is kind of locked. He, he was going for the kind of bro like chest bump one. Yeah, and you you didn't know what to do, so you kind of just You're put like, your head God, against. It's pretty official. I thought yeah. it'd be a regular handshake, and he's like, oh. And then after well, uh, you know, he's like, all right, so this is um, heaven. Uh, there's some space over here. Your house is actually... Can we talk about the handshake? Uh, you're going to be up here for eternity. I think we need to just get this out of the oh, way, man. I, I thought... I didn't think you noticed. It was but... a bad grip. Oh. My thumb was locked with your little finger. I was nervous. Your you're, hands are sweaty as shit. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the creator. I created a little bitch handshake like that. Jesus. I created humans with some biceps and some muscles. Say, didn't mean to say Jesus. Shake, shake my hand like a man. All right, take two. I like make a pass at his crotch by accident. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> I think if that happens, like the trap door opens. Yeah. Like you had two chances. Now you go to hell. Yeah. Uh, we're getting besides the point here. We're not here to talk about jazz or booze. Although I do think Lombardi would be popular in New Orleans, that's a burgeoning market. Of course. We're here to talk about the early days of New Orleans. 1728, to be exact. Ooh. Now, bear in mind, New Orleans has just been founded in 1718, exactly 10 years previous to this. So if you think New Orleans is crazy now, I mean, Jesus Christ, what did it look like then? Wow. You know, America believes a lot in the founding fathers. These men were, were so virtuous, they wrote the constitution itself and believed in justice and freedom more than anything else in the world. George Washington famously couldn't even tell a lie. But by contrast, on Bourbon Street in New Orleans, you can drink for 24 hours a day. Every morning at like 5 a.m., the city workers literally hose down the vomit and booze off of the street to stop it building up for the next day. Wow. The outdoors of these streets actually smell like a, a dirty bar. There are strip clubs everywhere. I don't know what that says about the founders of New Orleans. Right. Um, Legends. That France 
you know, when they founded the city, they sent the 1700s version of Andrew W.K. to start a city. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Like adults Disneyland. It sounds great. Yeah. Not to mention, the city was very popular with pirates. So this was an extremely new place, just thriving with criminals and murderers thousands of miles from home. Yeah, there's no there's no real good way to turn your city around once the pirates get there. Like, like, you can have the best intentions in the world. The ship has sailed at that point, literally. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, uh, it's a little bit of a rough neighborhood, <laughs> granted. Probably shouldn't have called it Bourbon Street. Mm. Uh, that's giving some people the wrong ideas. Uh, a lot of the bars are staying open quite late. Um, is that a f***ing pirate? <laughs> is that, you're like a shanty from the distance <laughs> and the Jolly Roger on the horizon. You're like, oh, God. That is like in the 1700s, if you're a good Christian, that is the worst sound in the world to you is a sea shanty. A sea shanty. <laughs> no good can come from that. I love the idea as well of like the pirates, they've been causing havoc in the town, you know, smashing through people's houses, raiding them, drinking on the street, throwing up everywhere. Pirate stuff. And the mayor comes on and he's like, enough is enough. You simply have to leave. Ship burnt down. Guess we're staying. <laughs> right before I was like, all right, all right, we'll leave, mayor. But before we do, why don't you just try a little swig of this? <laughs> Sounds all a little ball of whiskey. Oh, I guess I suppose I can, yeah. Hard cut 24 hours later. I'm never gonna die! I will never die! I'm a motherfucking pirate! <laughs> Singing sea shells. Suck my pirate dick! <laughs> Suck my Jolly Roger! His wife's like, Gerald, what's happened? F off, Margaret! I'm a pirate now! <laughs> Why is he like a 12 year old boy <laughs> running this town? F off! I'm a pirate! <laughs> Pirates are notoriously uh, infectious, that lifestyle. So long story short, New Orleans had a lot of soldiers, pirates, rogues, thieves, and bastards, but it had almost zero women. It sounds like I'm being funny, but it really was a problem. All these French colonists have built cities in Louisiana, but had literally no women to marry and start families with. And if there's one thing you need in a city of pirates and thieves, it's babies. Otherwise, where will the next generation of pirates even come from? Exactly. And the French were worried because the only women that were around at the time were not white and French. And everyone back then was racist, so you get the idea. They were like, we need some more Europeans in here to start European families with. Right, yeah. You get it. So the Bishop of Quebec requested that French King Louis XV send a whole gang of girls from France to America to marry the settlers there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's quite extreme. We were weird in the early days. Right. Like humans as people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, can you send a boat of girls to mm. the America to I get mean, married? I'm not saying that the people in power today wouldn't do that given the opportunity. It's oh, just yeah. that we've moved on as a society. It's frowned upon. This world really had gone to shit ever since the pirates died out. <laughs> I think they were holding this whole thing together, honestly. And King Louis obliged, sort of Neo Yokio style, they handpicked the most eligible bachelorettes who had a flair for adventure, obviously, because they agreed to travel by boat halfway across the world to a new continent. So I think it was around 100 French girls were boarded up onto a ship bound for Louisiana. Wow. So when the boat arrives in New Orleans, some of the men are waiting in the docks because they're excited. It's women from home, not to mention women that would become the future matriarchs of French Louisiana society. But when the women walked off the boat, as the women walked off the boat, it had become apparent that several months on the sea had turned them to pirates! <laughs> <laughs> Yahar! 
even rowdier than the locals. As they approached the harbor, the sails dropped and the Jolly Roger rose. But when the women walked off the boat, the men were shocked. Bal, they muttered to themselves. The girls were so pale, it struck the men as odd. They didn't look entirely healthy. Their skin was almost see-through. The girls were clutching small wooden boxes to their chests as they walked on onto the land. And these peculiar small boxes were what the girls came to be known by. They called them the Fia la Cassette, or Casket Girls. Oh. And perhaps luckily for the girls, they weren't just let loose on the booze and vomit-soaked streets of New Orleans. They were immediately placed in the care of the local nuns, hidden away from society until they should marry. And this did keep them safe. But it also added to the air of mystery around them. The men wondered, what did they keep in those little wooden boxes? Why were they so pale? Folks would walk by the convent where the girls lived. It was said that they lived on the third floor, which was visible from the street. Except the wooden blinds on the windows were always shut, so no one was able to look in. This is creepy. Hmm. Even this is like a, in terms of This Paranormal Life episodes, like quite a slow descent into the paranormal. Right. I think on this month's bonus episode, in the first sentence I said, then it rained meat and blood. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, I appreciate this approach to storytelling, a much more structured, you gave a shit is what, what I can tell. I'm enjoying it. At the first dinner that the king arranged for the women, they revealed themselves to be greys, oh. abducted several so locals. One sentence away, all right. I actually was supposed to mention that at the start. <laughs> <laughs> they had four <laughs> eyes. Pale, they said, which meant grey. <laughs> In French. They were so pale, they were borderline grey. Le alien, they referred to them as. Occasionally, the men would even see the girls around New Orleans during the day. They were easy to spot, after all, their skin translucent and white compared to everyone else's. But as they got closer, before the girls could slip away, they noticed blisters and scars on the girls' faces. Ooh, rumors and chatter spread about this, adding more fuel to the mysterious fire. So immediately, the locals were skeptical about the provenance of these women. You know, these were supposed to be the fairest maidens in the kingdom that volunteered to the king to go to the new world. But people started speculating. Maybe they just said that and they actually just rounded up all the city's prostitutes and orphans to get rid of them. Right. It's a perfect excuse to clean up the streets. Very like, sneaky. Hey, you know, send your brightest and best to our new city. And they're like, round up all the crackheads in the city. It's like, <laughs> this is a fantastic way of getting rid of these folks. I mean, this would explain why they actually got a boatload of pirates <laughs> instead of ladies. <laughs> King, thank you for sending these maidens. But unfortunately, they were turned to pirates. He's like, right, turned to pirates. Oh, God, really? Did the wizard do it, do it again? Oh, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> I'm looking at a I'm looking at a bunch of them now. Wow, they are just beautiful, stunning. I'm gonna load them up right away. They're definitely maidens. Okay, definitely maidens. Gotta send them off right now. <laughs> what was that? Keep it down. <laughs> this is one of the girls doing a little chant. They, is that a shanty? <laughs> no, it's a French song. And it sounds kind of far-fetched, but it was a kind of a good point because in reality, what women in their right mind were gonna travel all that way to an unknown world? Yeah. It's a sketchy deal. But whilst the women truly weren't prostitutes, the locals might have been right in that the girls weren't exactly who they said they were. Hmm. So the girls did marry into Louisiana society. But for unknown reasons, many of these marriages broke down over time. And the women were left independent and sometimes on the streets once again. Of course, this was like an unimaginable embarrassment to the French, the nuns and the king. 
So the order was given. Yeah. They must be sent back. They cannot be allowed to stay. Jeez. Yeah. Harsh. That was a rough deal. Yeah. So the nuns in the convent receive the order and they go to break the news to the girls. They have to go home to France. So they walk up to the third floor where the girls lived. They knock on the door. No answer. But silence. Okay, I guess they're asleep. So they open the door and walk in. But the place is empty. Tumbleweed. They had disappeared altogether. In fact, all that remained of the girls at all was that each girl's wooden casket lay empty on the ground. Just like strewn about the place. Yeah. What had they been keeping in them? And perhaps creepiest of all, the third floor windows, the windows that had never been seen to be open from the outside, had actually been nailed shut from the inside. No! That's creepy as hell! (gasps) Word of this discovery got out that the girls had run away or escaped. But there were too many questions. Where did they go? How did no one in the city know where they went? What did they keep in these wooden caskets? And why were the windows nailed shut? It didn't take a paranormal investigator to start connecting the dots. We don't know exactly where they came from. They were arguably banished from France to the New World. They were pale and blistered in the sun. Okay. The marriages they came to in New Orleans fell apart for unknown reasons. All right. And then they mysteriously lived in a building with windows that were nailed shut from the inside. Okay. Do I just spell it out for you guys? Were these girls goddamn vampires? The V word. I'm glad you dropped the V bomb. Interesting. Why would... Why? I mean, there's a number of things you mentioned there that I don't know are related to vampires. You said, like, Go their on. marriage is falling apart. Because they were vampires. <laughs> that was, like, the big issue? I don't know. Their husband found out that they were vampire, and he was like, this is an absolute deal breaker, hun. <laughs> I mean, in a, in a way, you could say my, my ex-wife was a bit of a, a bloodsucker. Ah, she drained the life out of me. Do, like, a, a, like a crowd applaud there. I'm doing like a stand-up bit. It would be funny, but you look so <gasps> tired. You you do look like you're, Is this thing on? Huh? It's absolutely on, yeah. Hey. It just wasn't that funny. Uh, reminds me of my first wife. She right. was a bit like a vampire. Uh-huh. Because uh, after every conversation, I felt hollow. Yeah. I felt... Uh, that was similar to the first joke, actually. No, I think How many times have you been married? You're pretty young. Uh, a couple times now. A couple times now. Co- Each one... It's, let's just be blood clear. Sucker. Is it, <laughs> let's just be clear. Is a couple two or is it more a couple you can take from that what you will okay i'm gonna i'm gonna take two but correct me if i'm wrong okay you're wrong oh why'd you say a couple well technically me and karen are still doing the divorce it's okay. ongoing so that's so, not technically so, so a divorce. three then five including karen including karen yeah including karen okay yeah. so it's not any more than that no not karen fine that's a lot you're, yeah that's you're a young. lot and that's just the women too Oh, so there's more? 12 with the men. So Me there's Ma- actually more men than women. 13, actually, if you count the one with Michael. But I don't because it's ongoing. So so 
I think you need to be in jail. It's just not illegal to be married to more than one person at one time. If it is, don't tell Deborah, because I'm still with her, and things are going smooth, baby. I think she's the one. So it's more than 12 or 13. I can't me and Deborah which. are fine. We're not getting oh, divorced. Oh, you're not getting divorced. Right? Although, between you and me, she's a bit of a bloodsucker. So it's not just the first <laughs> and second wife that were bloodsuckers. I can't stand Deborah. I'll be honest with you. I feel like I can talk about it now on the podcast. I feel like <sighs> divorce... Divorce number 14's on the way. Does Deborah not listen to the podcast? F***. F- I forgot she... Um, oh, you're, we're gonna have to cut that, man. You're gonna have to cut that whole segment. So, just to oh, be clear... Even if Michael hears 14, this, he's gonna be furious. Just no more than 14. That's so many. I mean, even in your adult life, that's like three a year since yeah. you were legally able to get married i had a series of arranged marriages uh from when i was of legal age that does not make sense how can you have a series of arranged marriages it's supposed to be one for life once you reach the right age parents didn't think any of them were going to work out so they put on some backup plans to fall back on that's what happens in marriage you try the first one out it doesn't work you do another why one. did all these other people agree to get married with such a petty confusing person you know the term like a uh, shotgun wedding right I had one of those. I had oh, a couple of those. So there was really a shotgun. There was wedding. an actual shotgun it's not, involved. It's not because shotgun wedding is usually like, that's just like a turn of phrase, but there was actually firearms involved with these situations. I assume that's what the, the phrase was. Yeah. Like a shotgun against both of our heads. Now it, you're saying, it, it you're doesn't, it something doesn't usually happen that way these days. <sighs> Romance is dead, man. Wow. What age are you now? Currently? Of course. Why would I ask? That's a very personal question. I don't feel comfortable answering. Interesting. That. Okay. So let's just park the whole marriage thing for a second. Cool. Do you think this is legitimate that these people could be vampires? What would they keep in this box? What would a vampire keep a in a box? Great question. That's that's the creepy thing. We don't know. What would a vampire keep in it? Um, because we did an episode actually on vampires. Yeah. Uh, way way back. Um, and we talked about some of the kind of the basics of vampire law mm-hmm. uh, and a bit of their lore. Uh, for example, uh, not being able to enter a house without being invited in first. Right. Uh, you know, um, being damaged by sunlight, direct sunlight. Which, by the way, works pretty well with this story because they were borderline invited to New Orleans. And yeah. then invited to live in the convent. And you said they were like pale as ghosts. Mm-hmm. And when they were outside in the sun, they were all blistery. It's making sense. It is making sense. This is a long time ago, but do we have anything um, attesting to this story? It's sort of more present day. Well, allegedly in 1978, two paranormal investigators wanted to find this convent in New Orleans and investigate the possibility of vampires having lived there. And it said that they wanted to stay overnight on the third floor of the convent. But the priests and nuns said, absolutely not. This is a place of God. Of course not. Right. No. There's never been any vampires here. But at night, the two paranormal investigators snuck over the outside wall and set up their monitoring equipment just in the outside of the grounds of the convent. Okay. Well, morning came and the priests awoke to find electronic equipment just strewn across the grounds of the convent. And when they followed the trail of debris... They find the investigators dead. Oh Their bodies God. drained of blood, covered in horrible wounds as if attacked by some kind of animal. No. Is it? Where, is this reported in a newspaper? Of course not. <laughs> Listen, Local legend, it's a actually. It's crazy <laughs> town. It's a crazy place. The police were called, but they took a little detour to Bourbon Street. I got a little <laughs> Of course, yeah. They forgot to report the whole thing. The police were actually, at this time, a little piratey. Uh, <laughs> Even up to the 70s, honestly. 
it there took was, a while. The mayor was actually a Blackbeard, a descendant of Blackbeard. <laughs> it's nuts. That's mad. Wow. So what you're implying is that they went to the location where these vampires, these vampire girls lived, and in the process of their investigation, were attacked themselves by some sort of vampire-like beast. I suppose this suggests that there is a still a vampire, not only were the girls that came from France vampires, but that they established a vampire presence in New Orleans that exists to this day. Right, because the girls just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Um, and, you know, vampires outside daylight, ugh, don't think so. They probably didn't go very far. They probably just went into the bushes and, like, hid under a tree. Totally. And yeah. I think that's maybe one of the theories about the casket. Yeah, that they were keeping some sort of voodoo material inside these inside these caskets. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for better help together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash paranormal life today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash paranormal life skits whilst we don't have a lot of evidence dating from the 1700s we don't have a lot of evidence dating from 1978 when i just mentioned that but as you mentioned we have done an entire episode on vampires before uh this is something i believe we said was true we gave it a yes double yes at the end of the podcast we did yeah, yeah. we said vampires are real so we've already established that's not up for debate vampires are categorically real folks. i don't go back on my word of course not and if you need to go back and listen to how the f we came to that conclusion please go and do it it's a great episode but something that does attest to the potential truth of this story is that new orleans actually has kind of a rich history of vampirism New Orleans has been a suggested location of vampires pretty much ever since its establishment in the 1700s. Because New Orleans was established as a young and exciting city during this period of mass immigration to the United States, it attracted lots of kind of interesting, enigmatic and 
eccentric characters. Right. So there are people throughout history, such as um, Count Saint Germain and Jacques Saint Germain, as well as John and Wayne Carter. I mean, the first two really sound like vampires. Count? But folks like this came to New Orleans and were mysteries to the people they lived around. They came in with extreme wealth, masses of knowledge, um, and kind of beauty beyond their years. Right. And were just extremely enigmatic to the point where people began to wonder, are these people even human at all? Apparently, Count Saint Germain, he claimed to be the son of a prince of Transylvania. Oh my god. The philosopher Voltaire even called him the man who knows everything and who never dies. <laughs> it's pretty black and white, people. What's going on here? The man who never dies and drinks blood. Whichever side of the story you're on, the skeptic side or the kind of paranormal believing side, yeah. both accounts would make sense. So from a skeptic's perspective, you can say, look, it was just a new city. Wealth was pouring in. Entrepreneurs were pouring in to try and buy up property, start businesses and live in this exciting new place. But by the same token, you could say, obviously, a vampire would be someone who's, who lives for many hundreds of years, has to move location yeah. to not raise any suspicion and that by coming to a new city they could start an entirely new life all over again yeah that's it because i mean if you're a vampire like a young sexy vampire that's the what you're going to want to do is move to a new city with with uh, you know uh, a cool vibe like new orleans absolutely where you know you don't even have to hunt that hard every night there's like people drunkenly stumbling on their way home and you're like Oh, hey, brother, like, here, let me help you home. And you know, he's like, oh, thanks, bro. I actually live down in this way. It's like, oh, it's okay. You're, you're, you're coming with me. You're coming with me. What? And just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a beautiful neck you have. It's really, yeah. Like, I moisturize. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you're like, oh, so much bourbon. So much bourbon. <laughs> Your blood alcohol content is insane. Now the vampire's walking home pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the next day, the pirate police find this man with two holes in his neck it's like probably got killed by a pirate <laughs> <laughs> the pirate police take his wallet and leave him to die <laughs> that's pirate code <laughs> and it turns out we don't even have to go that far back in history because to this day there is a new orleans vampire association what there, <laughs> there's a community of vampires that kind of like hang out do charity together generally kind of look after each other yeah um and these are the type of vampires that we've covered in the previous episode these are the type of people who whether paranormal or not do hang out and drink blood yeah and that was the question that we came to at the end of that episode is was just are vampires real and um you know under these circumstances yeah they are if there's like a bunch of people who hang out together drink blood and call themselves vampires technically that means vampires are real. They do exist. It's true. And so I guess the question comes down to here with this story, is that like a novel new concept that's come to New Orleans in the last, you know, hundred years, whatever, or was that non-existent in the US until the casket girls arrived en masse? They escaped into the night and started a vampire community that lives to this day. In the shadows. That's the question. Hmm. So it's worth throwing out there just a couple of the theories on both sides about this particular case. Okay. Right off the bat, skeptics of these theories have mentioned that one of the pivotal points and most delicious points in this tale, the windows nailed shut, could actually be nothing to do with keeping sunlight out at all. But rather, these are a common feature of old New Orleans buildings because the South like that is prone to weather storms, tropical storms, right. and that just you needed to have those in windows to stop them getting blown out. 
that does kind of shit all over the idea of them trying to keep the sunlight out. Yeah, it kind of ruins the... That was quite a cool cool point in the story, but... <laughs> There's actually lots of claims that the uh, windows were bolt shut with nails that were blessed by the Pope himself. <laughs> what? Yeah. So they've got a kind of holy energy that the vampires couldn't, you know... Oh, they undo. couldn't undo them. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So it was like... the So th that kind of changed the story to be like the nuns knew they were vampires and they were keeping them under wraps. Right, you know? yeah. You would be pissed if you were a nun and you were like, yeah, I'll take care of a bunch of girls. And it's like, okay, cool, yeah, here they are. Uh, they are vampires though is that is that going to be like an issue with they you guys need a lot of blood human blood by the way it's like is it gonna be an issue like we're i'm a, I'm a nun this is a uh this is like a, a freaking church they are demons are they, there's gonna be an issue are they christian vampires at least no uh one of them's jewish does that help that makes it worse that makes it worse <laughs> so we might have to park the whole windows thing for a minute Additionally, one problem for the paranormal theory that these vampire women escaped into the night never to be seen again is that we can actually trace the family trees of some of these women. Lots of them had successful marriages. In fact, there are even famous people alive today that are descendants of these French immigrants. Oh, wow. So not specifically the casket girls, but a different <laughs> shipment of girls right. known as the King's Girls. Believe it or not, Hillary Clinton... Angelina Jolie and Madonna are all direct descendants. We have the names of these women that came from Paris shipped in oh my to gosh. start the new world. So <laughs> we've got two possibilities on our hands. Is this not paranormal? They didn't right. ship any vampires. And Hillary Clinton, Angelina Jolie and Madonna are just regular folks. Mm -hmm. Or is it the case that Hillary Clinton, Angelina Jolie and Madonna are vampires i don't know much about hillary clinton but like madonna and angelina jolie are pretty goddamn charismatic and beautiful like they fit the vampire look madonna she's like still performing concerts in yeah like in doing dance routines at 50 years old crazy that's kind of vampiric i don't know so despite lots of ideas on both sides of this argument um one thing we do know for sure is that the convent itself exists. You can go see it. Anyone who's near New Orleans can go hang out. I think it's called the Ursuline Convent. And when asked, the archivist of the Archdiocese of New Orleans said that there is nothing on the third floor of the old Ursuline Convent besides archival records and storage items. Right. But he would say that, wouldn't he? He would. Doesn't want to tell anyone about the little vampire hut they've got going on up there. We've talked a little bit about the background. We've talked a little bit about w where the convent stands today, the vampire situation stands today. What are your thoughts about this potential genesis of vampirism in the United States? Uh, I think it's great. I think because New Orleans is also one of those um, places in the U.S. that has like quite a strong link to the occult. Yeah, I feel like it's a big part of their like heritage and their like day to day life. Um, so I'm not surprised that we're seeing a case of vampirism here in new orleans and this case in particular i've never heard of in my life before it's incredible it's so cool and really interesting because it obviously it, it dangles enough in front of you to kind of put all the pieces together but they're still not giving you enough to come to a conclusion that easy it's like little uh red herrings like the boxes that they're holding that kind of never actually lead to anything mm. like the fact that we're now so convinced that there's something creepy about these boxes, even though it could just be like, hey, um, you're going on the boat. Um, we'll give you guys a little box to put uh, your belongings in yeah, like cute, anything handy. so it doesn't get any seawater on it. And if it. it goes overboard, it'll float. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like super smart and handy. And then they obviously arrive and it's like, what is in those little goddamn curse boxes? And and the claims about these boxes have gone from they were just storage containers for their personal items all the way to they were coffin shaped boxes <laughs> yeah. that the girls like slept in. Which is insane. Um, so it's kind of hard to come to a definite conclusion regarding these this case uh, specifically. But hell, Kit, you investigated it. Are you... Any closer to a side than I am? I know exactly what you mean about there being lots of leads in this story that kind of become dead ends. All of the popular retellings of the story have a real flavor of hearsay. You can just imagine like being one of these like workers in New Orleans, hearing about the girls coming over. That's cool. Seeing them come off the boat, the air of mystery. All the rumors just flying around about why are they never seen outside? Why is the window bolted up? Yeah. Um, Things for which there are probably rational conclusions for, rational explanations. Yeah. The women disappeared one day. Well, we already knew they were trying to get rid of them. They were going to ship them back. It's true. That's a pretty good excuse to do it. Like, oh yeah, they were vampires, so we sent them all back. It's like, yeah. really? Because some of them were nice, and I'm pretty sure some of them are still here, married. <laughs> it's like, no, oh, well, yeah. I guess they Claire's were fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were fine. Just the annoying ones. We just shipped those vampires back. Right, so if they don't want to marry the random men they're vampires absolutely that's the case but as always we have to come to a conclusion as to whether this case is truly paranormal or not so with the evidence i've presented with this story where are you coming down i just need all i'm missing is one silver bullet one like news article one photo of these um paranormal investigators like one voice clip um i need a tiny bit more uh evidence in the chamber of this gun mm. before it fires off a big yes from me so unfortunately i think this week it's gonna be a no i think this is probably a story that's gotten out of control i'm right there with you and it's a fascinating insight into even the minds of the people living there in the 1700s and just what a alien time it felt like to them just like people arriving on boats they were like i don't know are these people even human who knows yeah uh that's kind of cool but Like I say, this to me stinks of hearsay. This just stinks of rumors. Um, So I don't think we have enough to say this is truly paranormal. It's going to be a no today. Okay, double no. Damn it. Shits! I really thought that was going to be it, What a waste of time. Abby and Tyler, I take it back. (laughs) I don't appreciate you emailing this in. Uh, No, that was fantastic. Thanks for sending that in. Guys, as always, if you have your own thoughts, interpretations on this story from New Orleans and you think we're idiots for the way we told this story and you truly know that those men died outside the convent that day let us know at this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com you can always hit us up on the socials as well make sure to follow us at on twitter at this life facebook.com forward slash this paranormal life and the secret society where um, people are trading paranormal memes um getting excited about the live show coming up yeah um if you're going to the live show definitely recommend checking in there and like maybe seeing some friendly faces before you go um you can find that on facebook it's this paranormal life secret society well don't just blurt it out because it's not Sorry. that it's not that secret i just, just forget say the name like, of it yeah yeah but it's this hard thing when we're trying to like we want we want to have people in the society like, yeah a couple know? people that's why it's called a society we've got a couple people in there now so we'll get a couple more more than a couple we've got like a thousand or something yeah well someone's not keeping their goddamn lips peeled yeah, that's kind of my fault i've kind of been I actually hired a PR company to, Jesus, to publicize the whole thing. But I only put it in like a couple couple of newspapers. <laughs> We've got a QR code you can scan. A viral campaign ad from f- Jerry. 
<laughs> we're being called in the press the fire festival of Facebook groups, which is is frankly slander. Uh, we don't deserve this heat. So if you enjoyed this week's podcast and you enjoyed last week's podcast, maybe every damn podcast we've released, did you know that you are not at the end, my friends? You don't have to wait seven whole days to get the next episode on Tuesday or thereabouts. There are actually a goddamn smorgasbord. A nugget, if you will. Of bonus episodes, which are, let's be honest, more chaotic Oh, yeah. More racy. The Yo. Too Hot for TV <laughs> yeah. shit. Uh, they're over on Patreon.com. So, as you may have noticed, we don't run ads on the podcast. The only way that we keep this thing going is through the direct support of our listeners, which we really can't thank them enough for. Um, so, by going to Patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life, by giving as little as two bucks a month, you can get access to shoutouts, bonus episodes, merchandise, and more. Sky's the limit. The last episode we covered, which Roy's already mentioned this episode, was the day that it rained meat and blood. And to give you a taste, here is a clip of that episode right now. Can you eat roadkill if you're vegan? No, some people do. Oh, because the rabbit got like obliterated? I think there's some, I think I think the idea is there's probably like monks in Tibet who like are totally vegetarian. But if they uh, like came across like a dead animal, they're like, that's fine because no one harmed this thing. Yeah. <laughs> do you think like there's just one monk who goes out and it's like oh dude you'll never guess i found like seven rabbits today it's like <laughs> his range rover is covered in <laughs> fur and blood he's holding a hammer it's like christopher you every time you go out with the hammer you come back with animals your pure white tibetan robes are stained with all sorts of juice i think that one's still alive oh is it sorry hold on a second i'm gonna go for another hike <laughs> oh is that the buddha <laughs> they all turn around <laughs> <Don't run! laughs> oh, i guess it wasn't the buddha anyway who's hungry who wants a rabbit <laughs> worst monk ever he lasts one day in the monastery wow that actually wasn't as funny as i remember mm. well anyway i hope you guys enjoy it and that you might be interested in checking out the patreon and every week we like to shout out the people who support us in patreon right here on the podcast let's do it Thank you to Neil Hutchings. Neil, before him, Hutchings is in the house. Oh boy. Neil, we are so grateful for all of your support on Patreon. And the the very least we can do is kneel and bow oh, down my before knee just you. Blew out. Holy oh, God. Christ. Is it okay if I just lie fist on the floor for you? It's a really dirty floor. I, I wouldn't lie down on oh, it. Oh, God. It smells like garbage. <laughs> anyway, Jesus Mr. Hutchins. Christ. I'm sorry for oh, his his insolence. Awful. It's so sore. I will kneel forever for you, Mr. Hutchins. So thank you for your support. Thank you also to Morgan Smart. She's Morgan Smart. She's downright beautiful. Morgan Smart, a goddamn genius, bona fide Mensa member. Got the membership card and all to prove it. And, you know, that's the kind of person we could do with over this Paranormal Life HQ. Exactly. You know, someone who can not only investigate the paranormal but minority report style find out when paranormal shit is gonna happen before it even happens yeah because kit and i i know obviously we come off as intellectuals but all we really are are just megaphones in a human body all we do is just amplify other people's opinions Mm. uh there's not a lot going on in the old hq uh, so we need as many smart people as we can in the commune. So we're so happy to have you on board. Thank you also to David Wiltshire. Dave from the grave rises up once more to his hand burst from the soil with a gold doubloon to just pop 
in the bucket of the paranormal peasants. And we're here, Dave. We're at your funeral. Uh, we, we, we all uh, loved and respected you. No smiles as well. Don't worry. I'm watching for any smiles or giggles. Yeah, too right. No, no, no not even one happy face. Everyone's in tears, Dave, from the grave. So thank you for your support. Thank you also to George Bunton. You know George of the Jungle? This is George of the City. Really? He is the most city man I've ever met. Bluetooth headset in one ear. Bluetooth headset in the other ear. Blackberry strapped across his belt like freaking Batman. No one even uses them anymore. It's insane, yeah. But it's very city. Pager on the insides of his jacket. Pager on the other side of his jacket. You know, he can keep two Bluetooth headphones going on separate conference calls at different times because different call, his conversation's the same. He, <laughs> he calls up, they answer the phone, and he goes, no, you listen to me. We're going to make this deal, whether you like it or not. And it's going to be my conditions, my way or the highway. Sign those forms. I'll, <laughs> I'll have Cassandra pick them up at noon. And then the, the person always responds, you're a god, sir. And so he can just say on both calls, yeah. I know. Yeah, that's then, the next thing. Yeah. And then he hangs up the phone. Yeah. And he's made like a, a cool mill. He's made two deals. <laughs> George of time. the City. Absolute legend. And some of those deals he's going is helping support our Patreon. So Apparently. We're so grateful. Thank you, George. Appreciate that. Thank you also to The Pitch, please. It's a weird name to give a baby. Yeah, it's kind of cruel, don't I you think? I feel like your father really isn't isn't really feeling that attached to you if he calls you the pitch please george of the city up there he was (laughs) he was taking a conference call as his wife was giving birth exactly they're like oh what should we call our daughter i don't know wikipedia (laughs) this is my daughter wikipedia (laughs) and our son the pitch please (laughs) anyway the pitch please thank you so much for your support we are immensely grateful thank you also to the onion god I mean, wow, to be in the presence of a god, let alone the god of onions. Incredible. Is it a red onion or a white onion? Or do they all praise the same goddamn god? I don't know. Is he made out of onions or is he just like a god of, he can just control it like avatar style? Oh, that would be a weird par. But you'd be very good at creating lots of different types of food. Yeah. What I'm just trying to find out is if I cut him, Uh, will I cry? Yeah. Not from emotional attachment, but because he's an onion. No. Oh, right. Only from emotional attachment. Only from... Okay, just because right. I love onions. Yeah. I love him. Okay, that's good to know. Onion God, please don't smite us. We enjoy onions. Uh, I enjoy cooking with onions. I hope that's not illegal in the religion. He's of, like, you cook my babies? I'm sorry. You sick bastard. I should have I kept my mouth shut, shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I love onions. I uh, cut them up. I fry them. I cook them. Some I of my best friends are onions. <laughs> My son is a goddamn onion. Many layers. And he died for your sins. (laughs) So thank you, Onion God. Thank you. Thank you also to Charles Sims. Do you think Charles Sims has one of those big green diamonds over his head? Absolutely. He's a sim. I can see it right here in his profile picture. How did a sim become sentient and get a bank wallet and a Patreon account? Charles, in his spare time, he likes to um, get, like, boxed into rooms so he can only just walk around, like, into walls and never get out. Like, pee all over the floors. Pee over the floor, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was weird. I kind of was tipped off that he was a sim, um when he hadn't showered in two days mm. and there were just like a swarm of flies around him. Yeah, and you're like, if that's ever happened to me, I like, I don't get flies. I don't get does. flies, yeah. 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 So, well, hope the Sims life is working out for you. Thank you for the support. Yeah. Oh shit, it's in Sims dollars. God damn it! 
And thank you, lastly, but not leastly, to Morgan Abbott. She's Morgana Bot. She's a borderline human being. Borderline, though. Yeah. Still pretty bot-like, if <laughs> yeah. you ask me. She failed a lot of the captures to, to enter to create a Patreon account. It was like, please click on all the buses. And she's, like, picking yeah. <laughs> clouds, roads, yeah. everything. She's just going in, like, numerical order, just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, just picking them like that. And they're yeah. like, no, no, no. This please. is besides the point. We're pretty sure you're a robot. But hell, somehow you've managed to get get past the security prove you're not a robot and set up a bank account to support us on patreon and hell we are incredibly thankful so thank you so much so thank you to everyone we've shouted out today and all of our other patrons you make it possible for us to make this podcast and for that we can never thank you enough and we're looking forward to meeting some of you at next week no this week oh god hell i should plan some stuff week's live show oh jesus good lord do you know what yeah we're looking forward to meeting some of you guys for real um it's just a few days away that's insane that's terrifying that's the scariest thing we've talked about on this podcast hell and that just about wraps it up for this week's podcast as always we'll be back next week with a brand new paranormal tale bye bye folks ciao